Welcome to Innovation Illuminated, a podcast where guests, entrepreneurs, and experts in their field of business share their experiences and knowledge learned through their journey in the business world. I'm your host, Hunter Pirak, and similar to these guests, I am also an entrepreneur. Today is going to be a special episode. I'm going to try to do these once a month, where it's a solo episode where I talk about all that I've learned from these past couple episodes with guests, and I want to focus on a topic each time about business. So this episode is going to be on a crash course of starting a business from start to finish. I've started three businesses and I'm sure my opinions will change a lot through doing this podcast with guests as I learn different ways of how they've conducted their business to make it a success. But I've learned a lot from starting my three businesses. And like I said, my opinions will probably change. But for now, this is what I've learned about starting a business. Let's start out with the idea. So every business starts with an idea. It's either an idea or a dream. It doesn't have to be a dream because it could be something that's not so far-fetched. You could be starting a business that is very similar to one existing and you just want to improve on something that they're doing wrong. I've noticed that for a lot of my guests, the idea comes from a business that they've worked at in their industry. So for example, it's kind of an apprenticeship. So they're working in the industry for years learning about it, learning about it, learning about it. Now I want to start my own business or now I want to acquire a business. They learn a lot through these years of working. For example, I'll go back to this episode. Chad Baker was a guest on the podcast. He worked in the dock industry for 20 plus years before acquiring his own business. Another example is a guest, Tyler Vandermolen. He worked in lawn care and learned the ins and outs. So he started there actually doing door-to-door sales. And then he eventually branched out Uh, did the applications, worked as a supervisor. So he learned the full runaround of the whole business before actually branching out on his own to starting his own fertilizer company. There's still going to be a leap from working at a business to starting your own business. So expect those challenges. There will be a lot of things that are unknown that will occur because at your business, there's probably processes that are installed in all the employees and each job has their set of things that they have to do. When you start your own business, you're on your own. It's everything is up to you. You determine the process, who's doing what, what everything looks like. So it's a whole new thing. And you're going to ch- encounter a lot of challenges. I'll tell you right now. It's not going to be easy. You're going to run into a lot of roadblocks. But that's where you get to adapt and have fun with it. It's a learning experience every day. After you have the idea, you're going to get into the, the planning phase, I would say. But this is kind of wishy-washy because a lot of people don't plan, but a lot of people do plan. So I'm going to walk through kind of the benefits of both. So personally, I haven't done much planning for my businesses that I've started and some entrepreneurs don't like to do this. I know Jeff Bezos, I've listened to a lot of his stuff and he doesn't believe in planning. He believes in wandering. So he likes to just wander and dive in deep right into the business right away and not know where it's going to go. But he trusts himself and in that he's going to come out on top and be successful. I also have incorporated kind of this wandering where I haven't had specific business plans in place when I started the business. And I've kind of changed my mind to where I want those plans in place now. But we'll get to, we'll get to that in a little bit. But some, some conventional books and classes will mostly tell you that you want to have a detailed business plan. I've learned from a professor when I was in college named Russ Roberts. 
he taught an entrepreneurship class in college and I was in the small business center at WCTC. And we did a class on business plans and he kind of talked about it as a road trip. So the business plan as a whole is say a road trip from Chicago to LA. LA is your end, end destination where you want to be. You're starting in Chicago. Your business plan doesn't have to detail every single turn of the trip. He said that it just has to detail if you're going to go left or right out of your driveway. This is interesting because it kind of means that you just need the general direction of where you want the business to go to start. And you don't have to have everything planned out, which I kind of agree with. But at the same time, you kind of need a more generalized plan or more detailed plan, not generalized, of where the business wants to go. So like I said, I've been getting more into planning myself and I've learned a lot through this planning. A lot of things that I wouldn't have thought of come through planning. So I want to go through this uh, interesting example that I've been reading this book called Mastery by Robert Greene. And he really walks through this example that opened my eyes a lot about business that I never would have thought of before I read the book. So he starts out by saying that forming a business is like building a table. This really resonated with me because I worked in wood shop and did a lot of work with my hands, such as building tables, uh, coffee table, laser engraving. I did a bunch of that stuff in high school. I loved it. But anyways, I got a little sidetracked there. Sorry. But he talks about how business is like building a table. And this really resonated with me because building a table, you have the whole process already the table, you need the legs. The legs are going to be 27 inches long by four inches wide. The tabletop, you're going to have five pieces that you're going to glue together. Those are going to make the tabletop. And there's all a set of processes. You start with the legs, do the tabletop, screw in the legs to the tabletop, stain it. And then you have that end goal that you plan for. He talks about how this could be interpreted as a business because just like a business, you could lay out where you want to be at the end, such as possibly like an exit to sell the business or a goal of revenue, employees, um, where you're conducting business. There's a lot of goals that you can have for the end goal for a business. But it's interesting how he talks about a table analogy to uh, forming a business because there's so much in common that I never would have thought of, such as how I just explained that you can build the table just like you'd build a business. Those legs could be interpreted as employees in the business or process that you get put in place. Say you build a leg, that would be like hiring somebody in marketing or getting $1,000 in sales one month or growing to 10 clients in your lawn care business a week. There's a lot of things that you could kind of like put in place for this analogy to work. And there's a... (laughs) Here's another thing I wrote down that I just noticed is that in making a table, if you just start cutting random pieces of wood at random lengths, you'll never get to the end goal or it'll take a really long time of trial and error to get to that end goal. There's where it really hits home because you're never going to get to the end goal of the business if you have no idea where it's going to go. If you just start cutting pieces, like I said, cutting pieces of the table, you might get there eventually by trial and error, but... It's going to take a long time as if, um, as if no, you, sh- you should be planning step-by-step step on how the processes work to form the table. 
and then it'll be so much easier to get to that end goal. Just like a business, I think before reading this book, like I said, I wasn't much of a planner, but I think that this could be interpreted very well into forming a business and growing a business because you have the processes set in place, milestone, 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 just like the legs, tabletop, attaching them. You have those milestones set in place so you can really keep track of your progress and grow to that end goal that you want to be at. Another analogy that I could think of was this episode, literally, because if I wouldn't have had this sheet, I have what, five pages here of information that I want to talk about to you guys. I'd have no idea and I'd be so lost during this whole episode if I was just to talk off the top of my head about these topics because I'd forget about things. I'd forget about talking about forming the business or the LLC or the EIN like we're going to get to in a little bit. And all these analogies like this stuff's just reminding me of, of what I want to talk about. If I didn't have this plan, I would have never been able to record this podcast or I'd just be going off trial and error. And maybe I get 10 minutes into the episode and forget what I was talking about and be like, oh, dang it. I got to start the podcast over. And I've learned about that a lot through starting this podcast because I record the intros for the podcast and I try to do them to a T without looking at a sheet of paper. And then I started over. I started over. I started over. And there's where the trial and error comes into play because you're just trying it over and over without looking at the plan. So I started to create a plan now for the podcast where I have a sheet of paper with information that I want to touch on during the intro. So I can kind of look back at it to remind myself of what I want to be talking about. Another thing that might separate that table analogy from a business that I just thought of was that a table you have to follow to a T on how to get to the end process. A business is ever changing in that an entrepreneur will always have to adapt and constantly make changes to how the business is doing. You could have that end goal in mind and halfway through or maybe like a couple years into the business, it changes. And now you have to adapt and make changes to the plan to get to that end goal or make a new end goal, which with a table, you kind of have to do the plan to a T since the end product is never changing. I also want to say that I'd highly recommend that book, Mastery. Super interesting book and I've learned a lot through it already. And now let's get into forming a business. So I've learned that LLC is the most versatile and best opinion, best option for a business. So you can go on any of your state's websites. If you live in Illinois, if you live in Wisconsin, California, just go on your state's website and that's where you can form an LLC. If you don't want to form an LLC or jump in that quick, I'm sure you can talk to an attorney and they can walk you through all your possible options or I reached out to a small business center at my local technical college and took some classes to learn about possible options with starting a business, business insurance, a lot of the ins and outs of questions that an entrepreneur would have starting out. And that's why I'm making this podcast for all you entrepreneurs and business owners starting out that want to learn and grow and kind of have a root of what they have to do in order to get to their end goal of having a business. Because let's face it, it's hard to start a business and there's a lot of things that are unknown to starting a business. So you go to your state's website, file the LLC or whatever business you're starting. And there's also some third-party services like Rocket Lawyer is one that comes off the top of my head. There's a couple others that help you form the LLC. They're pretty much like, I can't think of a comparative to them, but 
it just dumbs it down and makes it easier for you to file. And then they're going to charge you a fee on top of it. So you can just file it for, um, for a fee on the state's website. And I'm sure there's a million YouTube videos out there on how to file these LLCs and what each information means and stuff. You can look it up, but these rocket lawyer and other third parties can walk you through how to file it. Personally, I've used them once actually, and I wouldn't recommend it because it's the same thing as filing it on paper, but they just dumb it down a little bit. And so I just recommend filing it through the state and some states like I know Wisconsin, I've used it before, encourage students to form a business. So they have a program for student entrepreneurs where I think it's a $130 fee is waived through a, a code. I think it's like student entrepreneurs or something you have to type into Google, but then it's a free LLC. You can literally get your business filed and incorporated for free. So once you've got that LLC formed, next step, EIN number, which is uh, employer identification number. You can get this right at the IRS's website. Just type in IRS EIN number and you just need your artif articles of, what is it called? Articles of incorporation uh, with the LLC. And you can just get your EIN number right on there. And you need that EIN number. We're going to get to that in a second here. But you need that for so many things in business. Getting your business bank account, e-commerce store. When it comes to taxes, your EINs used uh, for the business instead of your personal social security number. And what I've learned from, like I mentioned a minute ago, Russ Roberts, the small business center coach, taught me that you really need to separate your personal assets and business assets. You want to keep as far distance from all your business stuff as possible. So that's where another thing like the EIN number comes into play. It separates you from the business as the LLC would legally. So once you have that LLC and EIN, it's time to go to the bank, set up your bank account with your local bank or whoever you prefer. A business checking account is what I'd suggest. And all you'll need is that articles of incorporation from the LLC and then your EIN number for the business. Once you set that up, you're legally safe to start doing business. So any of that stuff that I've talked about before this, I would do before setting up the bank account and even doing business so that you're legally safe to do the business. I'm trying to do all this in chronological order. I don't know if I mentioned that earlier, but I'm trying to do all this in chronological order of how I would start a business and all the information that I would want to know before starting a business. So since you have the business bank account, you're safe to start business, get doing your first job. You can accept checks to that business bank account. You can accept cash, put it in the bank account, set up an e-commerce website, Instagram uh, shop, TikTok shop. You can do all those things once you have the EIN number, bank account set up, and your LLC filed. Next thing I want to touch on is branding. Branding, branding, branding. I always love it when brands are very different and unique. So first, you want to get your email address for the business. I'd suggest getting just a Gmail. That's what I've done for mine. You just go on, type in, get a Gmail account, choose whatever you want. I've been able to do all my businesses, the actual name of the business as the email and haven't had to put like numbers or crap. Cause I know sometimes you have to do that with your name. If somebody already has your name, but with my experience, I've been able to claim the exact address that I want. For example, surflakecountry at gmail.com or easyfade at gmail.com or even innovationilluminated at gmail.com, I was able to claim. And once you have that email, 
Now you can start set, setting up those social medias. Social media is huge in this day of age and you really need to get on it for your business. A lot of businesses in the past have not had a social media presence and they may have been successful, but social media can really up it to the next level. Or you could have a business that's totally on social media and doesn't have any in-store brick and mortar stuff or even a presence in the real world. It's just online and you just send out shipments. So where branding comes into play is really when your creativity gets to run because you get to design a logo and a brand image. You can use services like Canva. There's a bunch of AIs that can help you generate a logo, but I'd like them to match what the business does. So for example, Dylan Finn, one of our guests, I really like their logo. He's the uh, owner of Vegas on Wheels. They have a super simple logo that literally just says Vegas on Wheels, and it's a couple of poker chips like flying out at you below the logo and it's very fitting for the business and also i like how the dealers uh for all their events were all black so they wear black dress plants back black shoes and then a black dress shirt that says vegas on wheels right here so it's a uniformed look for all the dealers which really makes them look sleeked all together i love the the brand stamp of this because everybody looks uniform and professional and you can also tell what the business does literally just based on their logo, which is the best. When you look at someone's social media, literally look at their logo and you can tell what the business does. How much better could that be when you can look at someone's literally the logo and just tell what the business does? So that's the goal of having a good logo. And like I said, there's softwares that you can do, a plethora of AI softwares that can help you design logos. And I also like picking a brand color and a brand font for all your social media posts to keep everything uniformed. So for example, maybe my surfing business, their trademark kind of is a teal color, this teal logo. And then I have a set font that kind of looks like waves kind of thing. So it just makes everything uniform when you post it and it's personal preference, but I think it's important and really makes your business stand out and has a uniform look. So if somebody sees that font or color, they know it's you which is cool. Now the business is up and running. Sky's the limit. Let's go. So I'm going to start doing some sales and marketing. Since you got the branding done, you got the business set up with the bank account, EIN number, you got everything set. So now you can start doing business and conducting it and you can get some sales and marketing in. I'm going to touch back on our guest, Mark Smathers. When he talked about GMR marketing, he met, he talked about how Gary, the CEO matched bands with brands. This is an interesting concept because they'd have their client. So GMR was a marketing agency and their client was Miller Brewing Company. And they would bring in a band to play with a Miller Brewing Company banner across the top of the stage, which would market for Miller, which is such an interesting concept to match bands with brands. So G GMR had this idea that fit them right together, the bands with the brands. And it was such a subtle way to market the product where it's not shoving the idea down your throat of buy Miller beer, buy Miller products. It's just so subtle. Like listening to a band, you look up, oh, it's Miller Brewing Company. I might go get one right now. Or it just instills that image of their business right in your head. And I also think of a good way of marketing as business owner, Dr. David Keeling that I had on the podcast talks about how he really leads customers 
into his business by sending out postcard reminders of when their apartment is for their er, er, ap- apartment appointment is for their dental exam. And a, another huge thing, huge is word of mouth, especially for a business like a dental dental office. Although you might not think of it, marketing is just conducted by customer interactions in general. Dr. David Keeling talks about this, how he wants to be the most honest and knowledgeable person possible to his clients because they're going to trust him and maybe tell their neighbor, hey, I really love this dentist. He's so knowledgeable and honest with his work and he does great work. And then maybe their dent, maybe their neighbor is going to join David's dental practice. It's just such an easy way to market is being a good business person and honest. Honesty, trustworthiness, knowledgeable, and helping the clients are all going to help you with marketing, even though it's not seen on like a paid ads aspect. Marketing is all just doing your good, doing good business and having people rave about it because if the customer is happy with their experience, they're going to tell their friends and that's going to lead to you getting more sales. Another lesson that I learned from David was to be friends with your competition. He talks about how a dental office is across the street from him and he actually became friends with them and competition isn't, isn't a thing in most industries because there's enough market share for everybody. A lot of people don't get this and they think that they have to invent a product or start a business that nobody's doing. You can start a business and do it somebody else's way and be very successful. Think of Hoka shoes. When did they come about? They came about like, I want to say a year ago, maybe. And they're literally the top dog in running shoe right now. Nike's been around for years and they're doing nothing wrong. Nike's been doing great, but Hoka just all of a sudden comes in and takes some market share. There's plenty for everybody as long as you do business well and have a unique aspect to your business and target the right people. Hoka's doing great at targeting runners and it's shown well. They've taken over a market market share in the running shoe industry from just coming up from nothing. Great marketing, great content on their social medias that I've looked at. And like I said, be friends with the competition. You never know what you're going to learn from them because there's a lot to be learned from these competitors because they might have experiences that you don't have. And Dr. David Keown talked about this in our podcast that he's learned a lot from doing or talking with these competitors because they might refer people to you or they might do something that you don't. And then you can tell your customers and even help your customers to be the most knowledgeable person possible and be like, hey, I'm not good. I'm not the best at this. You want to go to him for this. And even though you're drawing customers away, in their mind, they're thinking you're doing the right thing by being knowledgeable and helping me in the right direction of where I want to go to be the best for the customer. You want to be the best for the customer to know that for them to know that you're in their best interest. Now that we've talked about everything from forming the business to marketing it and selling, make making sales, let's talk about planning and goal setting now because it's very important as I as I've experienced in forming a business that after a year you may have had a successful year making a couple thousand bucks, good money, you're comfortable. And you don't know where to go next. You don't know where you need to grow. And this is when you need to evaluate yourself and look at the numbers, look at what you're doing and see what's working. You now know it's possible because you've started the business and have made some sales 
and have learned from the experience of running the business that now you need to figure out what's working and expand on it. I was told by Jerry Jandusa, a very successful entrepreneur, and he's actually going to be a guest soon on the podcast. He started MTech, which is uh, in very short form, they do LED lights for aviation. But he told me to never settle. And I'll never forget that because it always pops in my head when I feel as though I have not anything to do. There's nothing left for me to do. I feel like I've posted all the videos I want. I've talked to all the customers I want. And I think in my head, never settle. There's always something that you could be doing that you aren't thinking of right now that would help you, help you grow the business, help you get more sales, help you expand your knowledge. There's so much to be learned to be learned through growing and not settling. So many people settle and are comfortable in their job and comfortable in, there's so many aspects that they can get comfortable in that you just have to expand and be dis, you need to seek out discomfort because you're not gonna grow if you're comfortable. If you're comfortable, you're gonna stay making 50,000 a year. If you wanna seek discomfort, start doing something that's uncomfortable and that's gonna make you grow. And you're eventually going to get to that goal that you want to get to at the end because you're seeking something that's not in your comfort zone. You're getting outside that comfort zone. And I know I've struggled with that because I've not seek that discomfort. I've been comfortable. And after a year business, you're like, ah, it's, it's doing good. I'm fine. I don't need to do anything else. Like I did, made good money. It's all right. But is that really where you want to be? You want to be that miserable discomfort person that's bored? You're going to be bored if you don't seek discomfort and learn from your experiences and overall try something new. There's nothing to be learned in doing the same thing over and over every day. You need to keep trying something new and learning. To recap this episode, I talked through the idea and planning phase prior to forming the business. Thinking of starting a business like a building a table, although a business end product continues to change. That's that analogy that I made earlier as the table making analogy to starting a business. Super interesting, very inspirational as I can relate to it on many levels. But if you don't have experience in making a table or woodworking, there's so many analogies that you could think of in your field or realm of learning in the past that you could relate to forming a business because it's just a process and there's milestones that you want to get to to eventually get to that end goal. And everything is like that. There's a process, you learn it, practice it, get to the end goal. Entrepreneurs must adapt and make changes to their work. And I also talked about forming the business with the LLC. So you go to the government state site to form the LLC, or you could use a third party like I talked about, Rocket Lawyer, all those other ones that you could use to form the LLC. They charge a little bit of fee. And personally, I don't think it's worth it, but it's up to you. After getting the LLC, you can obtain the EIN number on the IRS's website. And once you have the EIN number, now you can form that business bank account, hook it up to your e-commerce store to start taking sales, make an Instagram shop, TikTok shop. You can do anything now that you have the EIN and LLC set up because you are separate from the business entity now. Your personal assets are not the same as the person as the business assets. So once you've done these steps, you're off to the races, honestly. You have the e-commerce store set up. You've got the bank account set up. You're ready to get in business. I talked about how I prefer brands that have a professional look. 
a good logo with a specific color and unique font to the brand. I very much like because it's makes them stand apart and unique. Connect with people in your industry because becoming friends with your competition is something that you'll learn from. And also connecting with people in your industry, you can refer clients to them and they can refer clients to you. Everybody's happy and you can learn so much from them because they know some, they might know something that you don't. I've learned this multiple times in my surfing business because you got to connect with people that are in the industry. And I didn't know that starting out. I thought I could just start the business, make a website, make a social media and pay for, pay for Facebook ads. This is this, this is seriousness. I thought that that's how you'd start a business. You start it, run ads, paid ads, and customers come to you. That's not how it is. You have to network and form relationships with people because that's how business works. Like I said earlier, there's some companies that don't even have social media and they succeed greatly because they know the right people and they're doing business in the right way. But that being said, I think social media is a very important aspect to business nowadays. So I would suggest forming that social media. And like I said, connecting with people in your industry. Lastly, I believe in continuing to analyze your business and look at your goals. Your goals can change and that's where entrepreneurs have to adapt and write new goals, learn from your experiences, and try something new. You must make predictions and try to hit them. And if you don't hit them, learn and adapt. It's very important to learn and adapt because like I said a couple minutes ago in that various, very serious conversation is that it's easy to get comfortable. You won't adapt if you're comfortable. You have to continue to learn and try new things. I hope you guys have the best of luck in your entrepreneurial journey. And I'm wishing you great luck and have fun with the experience because it's something that not everybody tries. And I love it. And it's so much fun and a continuous learning process. As I said, continue to learn. And I wish you the best of luck. Thanks for tuning in to Innovation Illuminated.